this podcast from Jubilee Church Derby, a church family looking to make a difference across the city of Derby and beyond. This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations, and you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. And picks up random leaflets from the, uh, from the stage. And it's really good to have you with us this morning, particularly uh, if you are here for the first to have you with us. Thank you this morning. And this morning we're continuing our series on being a mission-minded community. If you were here last week, Matt talked about the importance of mission and going to the next town. Can't quite think of why it was appropriate for you to do it, but there we are. So Matt uh, preached excellently last Sunday, uh, spoke about going to the next town, because that's exactly what Jesus did, isn't it? He didn't settle in one place where things were going well, there's been a you know, uh, thing going on, but rather he was always pushing out to the next place, the next town, reaching more people. He didn't want to settle, and, and the same is true for us as well. We believe that planting churches is just about the most effective way of reaching people with the gospel. Serving a community, loving them in Jesus' name and adding them to a local expression of faith in joining the church. We believe it's an effective way of reaching people. So that's why we're doing it. That's why we're planting a church in Burton. And as Matt said, we want Jubilee to be a church-planting church. We want Burton Family Church to be a church-planting church. Not to be just tick a box and say, yes, we've done that, but because we want to reach people with the gospel, show them God's love, and uh, introduce them uh, to him. But whether we go or whether we stay, God calls us to a life of faith, doesn't he? Well, I think he calls us to a life of faith. In fact, it's not that I think it, it's actually the Bible tells us that he calls us to a life of faith. So whether we're going or whether we're staying, actually he calls us to go to our neighbour, to go to our community, to go to our work colleagues. Because Jesus calls us to go and make disciples, wherever we might be, and of all nations. Well, that's another subject for another morning but disciples of all nations. I was uh, talking to somebody just this week about uh, our emerging plans for planting a church in Siem Reap in Cambodia, going to the nations. So exciting that God calls us to these things, isn't it? But this morning we're going to be jumping back to the subject of building community. And we'll be asking the question, who will you say yes to? Who will you say yes to? And we'll be linking this into Adoption Sunday. We'll be talking about adoption and fostering. When you came in, uh, you would have been given a leaflet about devoted, which you need to take, take home, stick on the fridge and leave it there till you've booked in. Do book in. It's going to be a great weekend next uh, August bank holiday. But you also got given a Home for Good coaster. Good in there. Aren't you glad you came? Postcard and coaster. Something for each hand. So, you've got your Home for Good uh, coaster, and that's going to remind you of some of the things we're talking about this morning. Um, But I was so thrilled when I felt that actually the subject of adoption and fostering, who will you say yes to, perhaps is another way of putting it, actually links into this series we're talking about over these few weeks together. Being a mission-minded community. 
So let's pray, and uh, then we're going to open up God's Word and see what He has for us. Does that sound good? Excellent. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, your closeness and you speaking to us this morning. And we pray now as we spend this time in your word that you would open it up to us, God. You would apply it to our lives. It wouldn't just be a passage of scripture that we know and have maybe heard before, but you would speak afresh to us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Okay, so if you've got your Bible with you, please could you turn to Luke chapter 10. And verse 25. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. Are you there? You found it? I'm reading from the NIV. Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have had. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. So this passage that we've read, I'd encourage you to keep it open in front of you. We'll be referring to it as we work our way through. It challenges us to be radical in our approach to hospitality. It challenges us to be radical in our approach to hospitality. We know this as a parable. We know it as a story. It may have been even beheaded in your Bible, as it is in mine, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But bear in mind, Jesus didn't announce it like that. Jesus didn't say, well, now I'm going to tell you a parable about a Good Samaritan. And off he went. He didn't say that. He just started telling a story. This teacher of the law had no idea what was coming. We've read it. We've probably read it many times, some of us, I would imagine. 
We know what the punchline is. We know it's coming. We know there's a twist. And we know we're going to go, whoa, we're faced with some radical truths. This guy didn't know that. It wasn't put on as a video, the parable of the Good Samaritan, coming up now. Jesus didn't announce it like that. He just told a story. This guy didn't know what was coming. And let's remember that this expert in the law, it looks to me like he was out to trick Jesus, to test him, to make things difficult for him. Teacher, he asks. You wonder how respectful he's really been, don't you? What must I do to inherit eternal life? We're told, aren't we? An expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. This was not just an idle question. It wasn't really even an honest searching question. Oh, what must I do? He was out to trick Jesus. But we know how Jesus responded. See, this guy, teacher of the law, he knew the law. He knew his Bible as it was at the time, the Old Testament. He knew it. He was an expert in it. He, he could quote it. He knew it inside, outside, frontwards, backwards. I mean, he, he, he knew it. He could have quoted any verse that you asked him to speak, probably. He was an expert in these things. Knowing it wasn't an issue for him. But doing it, well, that's different. He might have known it in his head. He might have understood the theory. He might have been able to quote it verse for verse. But was he actually putting these things into practice? Friends, uh, even before we get into this, there's a challenge here, isn't there? You know, some of us have been Christians for many years. For some of you, you're just looking in, asking questions. Is this, is this making sense to me? You're asking questions of faith, and that's great. We are thrilled you are here. Please continue to ask those questions. Some of you are, are newer to faith, and that's great. You're growing, which is wonderful to see. For some of you, you've been a Christian for many years. I have. I know it doesn't look like it. I know I look very young. I know that, but it's true. I've been a Christian for quite a few years now. And for many of us, we know these verses. We've heard them before. We can think back to times where we've heard sermons on this passage, maybe heard it in Sunday school. We, we know it. Or at least we think we know it. The question for many of us is not do we need to know more of the Bible, do we need to study it more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. knowing more is good. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Studying more is good. Knowing more is good. The question is this, though. What are we doing with what we do know? Are we putting into practice what we do know and do understand? Rather than worrying about knowing more, actually the challenge for this guy, the expert in the law, and indeed for us, I would suggest, is are we really living, really putting into practice what we've already read, what we already know, what God has already spoken to us about? Are we living out what we understand? So this guy questions Jesus. Jesus sees straight through it. He knows what's in the chap's heart. He can see that actually he's out to trick him. And so we have recorded for us what has become probably one of the most famous parables of Jesus. Now I've taught this in school with a couple of hundred infant school children. 
That's a whole lot of fun. And, uh, and they liked it because we acted it out in a modern day version. And we got the kids involved and we got some of the teachers involved and uh, we had a great time. We will not be doing it like that this morning. Maybe another time. You should have come to my assembly. I don't do many, but I do do one on this parable. They liked it because it's a modern day version and we talked about some of the things that Jesus wants us to learn. Because it's as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. We're going to look at three things together. And we're going to tie these things into talking about adoption and fostering in a moment as well. So number one, there is no limit to our responsibility when it comes to hospitality. Secondly, there should be no limit to our respect of others when it comes to hospitality. No limit of our respect. And then thirdly, there should be no limit to our response when it comes to hospitality. So no limit to our responsibility, no limit to our respect of others, no limit to our response. If you're making notes, they are your three points. We'll work our way through them as we go. So firstly, there is no limit to our responsibility when it comes to hospitality. Listen, loving somebody like you who has a similar interest to you, maybe is at a similar life stage to you, maybe has a similar background and grew up in a similar way to you, is not hard. You've got lots of points of connection, haven't you? Lots of things in common. Lots of things you can talk about and share together. Showing hospitality to that sort of person is not difficult. And this should be clear early on. By, by talking about hospitality, I'm not just talking about cooking a meal. I mean, it does include that, but it's not exclusively that. That's just part of it. The expert in the law asked Jesus the question, who is my neighbour? It's a good question to ask. And Jesus told this story to answer it. And so clearly, Jesus is making the point here, your neighbour is somebody who is not like you, as well as somebody who is. See, actually, there are no boundaries. Actually, there's no limit. It's not just the person you know. It's not just your physical next-door neighbour. Actually, what Jesus is saying here is your neighbour is anyone and everyone, especially when they are in need. That's who your neighbour is. Anyone and everyone, especially when they're in need. So the Bible talks a lot about caring for the vulnerable in society. It talks specifically about the orphan or the fatherless. God calls us to care for these people. James 1, 27. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. That seems fairly specific to me, fairly straightforward and easy to understand. God calls us to look after orphans and widows in their distress. God describes himself in scripture as father to the fatherless, protector of widows and orphans. And when we respond to his invitation to us for relationship with him, we get adopted into his family. He becomes our Father. It's a wonderful truth, isn't it? It's a wonderful truth. You see, family is important to him. Have you ever thought about that? Family is important to God the Father. That's why he adopts us 
as children. The church is a family of believers. The Bible describes it as God's household, his family. He has adopted us into it. And in creation, theologians say this, they say that God made space for the other. He made space for, gives time to, allows to occupy his creation, the other, somebody else. He doesn't need anyone else, but rather God chooses to make space for others. He chooses to create and make space for Adam and Eve, to give himself to them. And he calls us to do the same. God made space for others in his life, in his world, in his creation. He didn't have to, didn't need to, but he chose to. And he calls us to do that as well, to make space for others, to make room for, to make time for, to allow them in. You see, there's no limit to our responsibility when it comes to hospitality. Secondly, there should be no limit to our respect of others when it comes to hospitality. See, when Jesus told this story, there was a deep-rooted conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans. Now, Jesus' listeners would not have anticipated the Samaritan being the hero here. I mean, normally, if you told a story about a Samaritan, that they'd be the bad guy. They're not coming off well. Jesus turns that on its head and makes the Samaritan the hero. I mean, if Jesus had talked, for example, about a Jew helping a Samaritan, that would have been pretty radical. Even that would have been a big step for them to make. But Jesus goes even further than that and makes a Samaritan the hero helping the Jew. And goodness knows what his listeners would have made of it. We need to understand this is radical stuff. Radical. Radical hospitality. So when I've told this story in school, and we've acted it out as we're not going to do now, I've talked about a Derby County fan being attacked whilst walking from Nottingham to Derby. And uh, we've acted this out. I had to make sure that seven-year-olds don't really beat each other up and just pretend to do it for the sake of the story. And uh, we have our beaten-up fan on the floor. And along comes, I don't know, along comes a police officer. I mean, surely they're going to help. That's their job. They always help. They come along and look and, and walk off on the other side. And the kids are going, oh, that doesn't seem right, does it? And then along comes the deputy head. Well, they all know the deputy head. And they think, well, she's going to help, isn't she? Because she's a teacher. Teachers always help. And she comes along. She looks at and walks along on the other side. The kids are like, what's going on? What's happening? Bear in mind, this is the Derby County fan that's on the floor and being beaten up. And then comes along a forest fan. Oh, no. What's going to happen now? The expectation is... Forest fan, Derby County fan on the floor. Opportunity just to add a bit more injury, surely. That's what they think's coming. You know, he's going to get another beating. But no. He picks him up. Takes him to the nearest Premier Inn. See what I did there? <laughs> Cares for him. 
looks after him, tends to his wounds, pays the, uh, the hotel to look after him for a few days. This was not expected. This is not what they thought was going to happen. But you see, there should be no limit to our respect of others when it comes to hospitality. Because in Jesus' parable, the one showing mercy and kindness, the one showing hospitality and love is the outsider, the enemy even, the stranger. And Jesus is forcing us to show them respect for what they're doing. You see, the church does not have the monopoly on caring for the vulnerable. We have a part to play, friends, and it's an important part to play. We do it in Jesus' name and demonstrating God's love and kindness. We don't have a monopoly on caring for the vulnerable. And Jesus is showing us here the importance of respecting and supporting others in our communities who also love and serve the poor and the vulnerable and the needy. So there should be no limit to our respect of others when it comes to hospitality. And then thirdly, there should be no limit to our response. No limit to our response when it comes to hospitality. This parable is particularly challenging to us. The Samaritan went way beyond what could have been reasonably expected of him. You know, if he had just checked that he was alive, maybe prayed for him, wished him well, perhaps even taken him some food and clothing, then we would all have said he did well. But he goes further than that. Maybe he could have given some money to a local charity to support beaten travellers on the roads. Sought to aware the sought to um, raise awareness of the dangers of travelling along that particular road. Maybe even started a campaign for some lighting and safety cameras. But he goes much further. See, this man wasn't a project to be supported, he was a person to be served. He wasn't a project to be supported, he was a person to be served. He was an individual in need to be loved and cared for. So it's not that supporting charities is a bad thing, it's not, it's a good thing. Some of you work for some great charities in the city and we honour and love and support you in that and want to be part to play in, in supporting them. But listen, it shouldn't be our only thing. We don't subcontract it off to others. We don't put the money in a tin and think, I'm, I'm good now, I've done my bit. And just uh, get other people to do it. No, God challenges our hearts and our lives. The Samaritan effectively left his credit card with the innkeeper. A blank check of care and compassion. He went way beyond. He gave of himself. Doesn't that sound familiar? No, God went way beyond. God gave of himself when he gave his son. And he calls us to give ourselves to the needy, the vulnerable, the fatherless. It's not just opening our wallets. It's opening our hearts. Opening our homes. Opening our families to welcome a stranger. To give someone else a place at our table. There should be no limit to our response when it comes to hospitality. So how does this parable link to, to vulnerable children? 
Well, we've talked about hospitality not just being confined to those that you know or those who are like you. And as a church, we have the opportunity to show hospitality and love to some of the most vulnerable individuals in our society. Children without a loving family. Children who don't know what it is to be part of a safe, loving, caring family environment. But a godly response is not just to pray for them, though that is good. Not just to give money to charities such as Home for Good, which seek to raise the profile of this issue, although that too is good. But rather to open up our church community, to open up our homes, to open up our lives to those who need a loving, stable and safe family. That's been our experience of the last couple of years. Not always easy, sometimes challenging, certainly rewarding and honouring to God. We'll have more to say about our story perhaps next year. But I know that there are others of you in, in Jubilee who are doing this already as you foster and others of you who are on a journey towards that. And uh, I want to encourage you and commend you because what you're doing has the pleasure of God on it. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.